dark. Hail your dark senior. Hail not mock needs. Hail your asir. Hail our O senior. And I welcome the Valkyries to summon me. Hail the day. Hail the sons of day. Hail to night and her sister. Hail the gods. Hail the goddesses. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Through the Thunder podcast. On today's episode, I have a conversation with a friend and fellow pagan. Zach, or as you may know him, the Seeker of Wisdom on YouTube and Instagram, offered some really interesting insight into his journey with paganism. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Zach. Thanks very much for joining me today. Really glad to have you on the podcast. No worries. Excellent. Uh, great to be here. I'm very honoured. Um, looking forward to it. Awesome, mate. Um, so I've got I've got a few things I wanted to kind of ask you today. And basically all of them are pretty much all pagan-related uh, pagan questions. Um, but first of all, I think it's kind of important to get a little background on yourself. So how long, I mean, have you been... How long do you consider yourself a Norse pagan, and what kind of inspired you down that path? Wow. Um, yeah, sure. So a little introduction about me. So I've probably classed myself as a Norse pagan for about two years now. Um, what's really set me on my path was I was raised Christian, not like an active Christian, but, you know, we believe in God. We went to Sunday school. We didn't go to church every, like, week and stuff, but that was how we were brought up. Um and just it didn't sit right with me, so I very much looked at other religions, other life ideologies that probably made more sense. Mm-hmm. And you know, I looked into Islam, Christianity, uh, Mormons, Buddhists, uh, Buddhism, sorry, and other things like that. And what really just felt like a deep connection was Norse paganism. So throughout my journey of learning, and I'm kind of like. My head stopped. So when I was learning about subjects, it was just constantly on that subject and learning and going over and over again. Mm-hmm. And always the, the the story of the binding of Fenrir would always just it just always come out of nowhere and it just come and hit me in the head. I'm like, okay, the binding of Fenrir. I might read that again. I might read some more stories of Norse mythology. Sure. Anyway, at this time, I didn't know. You know, I think people use mythology and you just think it's stories. You don't actually think of it. It could possibly be a practice at the time. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I, I'm identifying more with, you know, the Scandinavian culture, the paganism, um, worshipping the ancestors, the, the gods, you know, which aren't perfect. They have their flaws and, you know, there's deities for each thing. They're not omnipresent as some religions have their God be. Sure. It resonated with me a lot. And I was like, okay, 
there's got to be at least one person out there that feels the same as me. That there's got to be at least one person who actually practices this. Mm-hmm. And then I found um, the wisdom of Odin. Um, shot him a few messages, like watched a few YouTube videos, and realized actually there's a there's a big community community behind Norse paganism. And that's when I literally, I think on that day, I started up my Seeker of Wisdom Instagram page and I just started following, reading, and then that's how it all began, really. It was that that binding of Fenrir, which always just kept coming back to me, no matter what religion I was learning. Yeah, that's... That's awesome. Did you what what did you feel like about before you were like actually religious? Did you feel I often say that I went through the first thirty-four well, thirty-three years of my life feeling like I was missing something, I couldn't put my finger on it. And I used to always say about people who were quite religious or spiritual, I would often say that I was envious of that because I didn't have it. I didn't feel a connection or anything like that. So, so what I'm trying to say is, with regards to how you felt before religion, did you have anything similar to that, or was it different for you? Oh, um, I think trying to find something that resonated with me was the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the humans have been on this earth for X amount of years. Christianity is what? Two two thousand years, just over two thousand years old. Yeah. Um, you look at Islam, uh, Sikhism, quite new religion. So my my mind automatically went to well, there's got to be something, um, that makes sense that our ancestors did, or w- which was worship worshipped. And I don't want to go, you know, like worship primal. It was like there's there's got to be something when we've evolved throughout the ages. So not to kind of show any disrespect to any religions, but it didn't make sense to me. So Christianity didn't make sense to me. Like I didn't find that connection. I mm-hmm. to me, there problems in, in there, um, same with Islam and some other um, religions. I'm not, not trying to bash any religion here. Like no, just, I with you. Me, just with me personally, yeah. flaws that I couldn't just accept. Um, mm. So that, and it just happened with Norse paganism. It, it, it works for me. Um, I yeah. think, a lot of people, and I've said this before, in people even within paganism, a lot of blind faith. A lot of people don't try and understand the deeper connection of faith and yeah. morality, and you know more of a deeper question when it comes to faith. And I think when I found Norse paganism, I think I automatically started to answer and ask those questions. So I'd ask a question, okay, you know. Hey, hey, there's an ozone layer, but we can. But there wasn't a, a a barrier around Midgard, and I was just like, "Yeah, it could be pure coincidence, but it just there's like stuff like that made sense." And then asking deeper and deeper questions just seemed to. Can I just jump in there just for a sec, just because what you've said is just kind of trigger something I often think about when we talk about like the Big Bang and the creation of the universe, and yep. you know, um astrophysics and stuff like that right uh, get, getting quite scientific i think when you look at like the kind of creation story in norse uh paganism uh, with uh, the whole muspelheim and niflheim um coming together in gununga gap yeah. right yeah. for me i think and I've, I've said this often i think you know it's too easy to look back and have quite a naive or myopic 
uh, view of things and think, oh, our, our, our ancestors were um, just a bunch of uh, violent misogynists, which isn't true at all, of course. There was great artistry, poetry, and uh, uh, skills that we've forgotten. And I think, in a way, they've put down in word form what they've seen up in the stars. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Like, to me, that's just how I've always felt about it. It's like they've looked up at the sky and they've seen constellations and they've almost pieced it together. I mean, that's just my own personal view. There will be people who uh, will maybe be more literal and say yeah. this is exactly how it went, exactly as it said in the in the poetic editors and stuff, which is fine. That's cool. Um, that's just my own personal point of view. No, agreed. And I think... I don't think you can be as closed-minded to say this is exactly what happened, and I'm not trying to cause any arguments with anyone that might listen to this. But I think when you read sacred texts, I think you need to you need to come at it from a different, a few angles, actually. Yeah. So. Yeah. What What do you believe the gods are? Do you think they're a metaphysical manifestation that come to Earth and then they take on the form of what we would class as a humanoid? Do you class the gods as just meta a metaphorical? You know, how do you see the gods? And then when yeah. when you have that and you read these these poems that's been passed down from centuries to centuries, generation to generation, you need to look, okay, what's the actual facts that tells us that? What's the spiritual gain from this? What's the characteristic gain from that? And what I mean by that, like, so the, the wedding of Thor, or Mjolnir in the Poetic Edda, Thor has to yeah. dress up as Freya and get married and to get his uh, hammer back. Did that mm -hmm. exactly happen? I'm not here to say yes or no, but what it tells us the kind of character that Thor presented himself as, much as uh, yeah. didn't want to be called, in the. I think it's in the Poetic Edda, the word sissy. I don't want to yeah. be classed as a sissy. You know, his reputation of being a big, strong man. Um, mm -hmm. But it also shows a lot of comedy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... You know, I don't think you can always take it as black and white. This is exactly what happened yeah. in every poem. You need to look at it from different angles. Yeah, I think, like, I don't want to fall into the trap personally of the creationist style view that Christians, you know, some Christians who are creationists who read Genesis from the Bible and say, this is exactly what happened. The earth is 6,000 years old. Yeah. That's that. I don't want to fall into that trap with Norse mm -hmm. paganism. And I don't think most people do because I think they're there should be a degree of flexibility there and realize that some of the stories are meant to give insight into the gods personalities and also exactly. stories are also designed to have need to have certain characters in them need to have an antagonist i mean no good yeah. story with a hero and it doesn't have a uh, antagonist and he's a bad guy or a villain yeah. type and stuff so uh, i think it's good to be flexible and understand that but for me i mean i started off seeing them more as i wasn't really 100 percent uh, and, and the religion, yeah, I was kind of just looking at stuff and I kind of saw them more as archetypes. Uh -huh. I was attacking it more from like a, trying to learn more about masculinity and get back to that. And I saw Norse paganism as a good way to do that. And um, so I saw them as archetypes originally. And then the kind of more experience I had in it. And, and when I did a few offerings, I, 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 I see it more as a metaphysical thing now. Um, yeah. What, what, what do you think yourself? Are you kind of in the metaphysical uh yeah yeah but very much so i think to me that makes the most sense to me mm -hmm. i do believe that they can make more of a solid manifestation when if they do come here on earth midgard if they do want to you know 
entwining mm-hmm. the lives of the humans. Like I, I think they would take more of a, a humanoid body, what we take, or, or an animal or something that is familiar to us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's key. You've got to have flexibility when you look at religion. And I think this is this is where, you know, not being just blind faith and reading it word for word. So, you know, Christianity, let's take Christianity, for example. Mm-hmm. It's over 2,000 years old. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to a party and one person said something like Chinese whispers on the same day? It can turn into a different story. Oh, yeah. So take that over generations, over thousands of years. Like, it's not going to happen exactly, word for yeah. word, what's happened. And I think that's key. And I think when you realize that and you start looking at sacred texts from different angles of what can you gain from that text and not just the literal mean or the literal, literal um, events, mm-hmm. I think that's when you get a deeper connection to certain stories, poems, and texts. Yeah, I mean, I think Christianity is a really interesting one because obviously the church is an institution of great power. You know, and it's in their interest to spread their, yeah, and and it's in their religion to, sorry, in in their interest to spread that religion as much as possible. So over the ages, thousands of years, they have gained so much influence and power, and they've revised things and stuff. So that's kind of like maybe a topic for another time, but it's kind of interesting how it compares with us because, for me, I'm new, very very new to this, and I was going to ask you. Do you think we are seeing a kind of resurgence or renaissance in a way of the kind of old ways and pagan religion? Oh, very. Do you, think, do you think people are coming back to it? Is what I'm trying to say, like uh, more recently. Yeah, I think I think if you look at census studies, I think census studies will show you that religions moving, maybe mm-hmm. not you know greatly in the terms of overall numbers of population, but I think. We are naturally seeing a interest, for sure. We're definitely seeing more of a increase in numbers of people that are going like, I'm hearing these stories. Like mm-hmm. I want to, and realistically, I, I think it's a, it's a contribution of different things. One, we've got pop culture, so I think the Vikings yes. TV show has done. You know, even though it might not, but it's great entertainment and mm-hmm. highlights the gods. Um, I think you've got obviously video games that have come out designated around Viking culture. Um, yeah. And I think curiosity now that we, we've had a blanket approach of monotheistic religions, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're hearing a call back to nature of some kind. And a lot of people are just, you know, getting more into that. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. curiosity is our biggest ally because as soon as you yeah. plant a seed like Inception, it's it builds into a full on, a full on ideal um, curiosity, and then that's when. So I think it's def- we're definitely getting an increase. To, you know, I try to help community the community come together and try and speak to people as much as I can, and I'm definitely seeing a lot more people just coming up to me and just asking questions like i i've heard the call of odin or i've heard this story do you think yeah. it could be the gods calling to me and i you know i i, I don't know I, I don't know what your experience is but you know if you're interested that these are the stuff that you can learn these are the things that you can do to try and see if it is the gods calling you 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 connect with and i think we're seeing it to be fair overall but i think there is definitely a, quite a few factors that play a key part in that 
Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I'm always honest about this. It totally started off as an aesthetic for me. It was totally just like I like um, the Viking look, vi- the Viking look, and I like. Um, I'm really big into um, sci-fi and fantasy and those kind of things, so I'm naturally drawn to, and I, I love history. So I was just yeah. re- what, what started with me is I was just researching stuff like that online for fun, and then I came across. I'm pretty sure I came across yourself. Wisdom of Odin and uh, Norse Path is it Norse yeah, Path? Dial on. Yeah, Dial on yeah. the Norse Path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then I was like, "Oh, this is real. This is a this is actually a thing." And then I, I didn't know at all that people practice that. Didn't know. So then I started off from there, and then months and months and months went by, and you know, took 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 that road, and very glad I did because it's been very empowering. Um, yeah. So just just on that, um, with obviously more and more people joining the the kind of heathenry norse paganism and people have a million names for it that's a great thing <laughs> oh yeah yeah they get so many names for it but that that's the, that's the way it goes um do you think um that norse paganism is becoming very political yes it's a tricky one no it's not tricky it's yes it's just what do you say after yes um <laughs> and due to events in history certain things in paganism certain things definitely in symbols and yeah. history events people have taken to their own agenda and you know that's the same with any religion on earth there is yeah. always those idiots that read something or see something and try and twist it to manipulate other people to get their own way that's that's human nature yeah. um but yeah, I think it's definitely becoming more political. You know, there was that idiot that stormed the White House, you know, with uh, oh, yeah. some fur and some horn helmets, and that was all <laughs> political. Um, we see a lot of people online being trying to push their ideologies of what's right, what's wrong. Um, and granted, when it comes to you know the extreme views, that's got I don't think that's got no place in it in heathenry yeah. for me personally. I think. Odin, Vili, and Vey created the first humans. So mm-hmm. that's all humans. Yes. It wasn't that Odin, Vili, and Vey created the first Europeans and then another guy, other continents of humans. So yes. I think when it comes to stuff like that, uh, being political, I think it's stupid in my opinion because... Yes than anybody else to oh, yeah. hear a call or have an experience but yeah mm-hmm. it is, I think we see mm-hmm. more and more people just lashing out at other yeah. people that don't fit their agenda and you know yeah how long have you been in the community and now since September of 2020 and I'm sure that you've seen a lot of idiots online that have said x yeah. y and z from in, both in the thing is it's, it's from both sides and the thing is i think if these people actually met each other in real life they'd probably get on a lot better it's just that the nature of the internet and the way that modern media um pits us against each other like in the in the algorithms so if you like one thing it will only show you that one thing and so, so if you're if you're left and you only get exposed exposed to that, and if you're right, you only get exposed to that, and it pushes people further to the fringe, and it creates these problems. I think where people feel that there'll be one group of people who say Norse paganism is only for 
Northern Europeans and that's it. And there's other group who will say um, you can't use this specific word because that's that that's not fair to use that word. And then, so they're they're both like fighting each other when they need to just realize that yeah. you know let's just be more reasonable. And I think I think part of that is I don't I don't actually blame them both a hundred percent. I do blame the nature of contemporary society with the internet and the algorithms and stuff. It pits people against each other. So they're being manipulated, I think, without even realizing it by by algorithms at the end of the day. Um, See, I yeah. would say it's something. I, I would say social media is has a big part. I wouldn't say algorithm yeah. algorithms for me personally. What I would say, a perfect example of this, I don't know if you saw my Instagram story, of somebody being racist, disgrace to their ancestors and their gods wasn't for them because yeah. of their skin tone. So I shared that. And just put the caption of Odin says in the Havamal, if you recognize evil, call it evil. So he, <laughs> somebody has seen that, did it, has been has seen it, and seen it that you know the whole community just screenshot, put the post on their story. He has seen that what he has said that's been gone viral on the pagan community, but hasn't said anything. And I think this is why I, I blame social media because it makes keyboard warriors. And I was talking yeah. to somebody about it. I, I can't believe it's, you know, you, you you know it exists in our community, but you don't expect it to be just violently just out there and open and no one gives a damn. So he yeah. clearly just sent a message and didn't and didn't care, tried to be sneaky. But I, yeah. I was talking to uh, this guy called Rob about it. And, I, and he was like, oh, he hasn't got the guts to stand up and actually, you know, message him back. I was like, you know what, I would prefer for him to message because I would respect somebody a lot more if they had a conversation of why they thought that way. Because yeah. once you have a discussion, you can... Because obviously you both have to be open-minded when you have a discussion. Yeah. Minds yeah. can be changed and you can be re-educated. Yeah, man. Like yeah. uh, Daryl Davis, he's an American... I think he's an American uh, black man. And he interviewed loads of members of the kkk which obviously are completely against him yeah he has about 75 different robes from reconverted out of that hate organization i think it's that that should be the pinnacle and i think if there is idiots out there who are racist and you know saying that it's only for certain people mm -hmm. own your words own them don't just say them online and hide behind ignoring it own yeah. your words, let's talk about it and let's try and see if we can re-educate the people who might not be the best educated for me personally. Yeah, you know, I hear you. I think dialogue is essential, man, especially in a free and modern society to, you know, try and meet each other halfway through dialogue is so important. Um, I wanted to briefly touch on, because we mentioned Odin a few times, there's, let's touch on that. Yep. So, um, I've had this debate with a few people, and it's been quite interesting to get people's different point of views. So it'd be great to hear yours. Um, okay. For me, um, we'll, we'll, get, we'll look at this way. Odin's often called the All Father, right? Mm -hmm. um, I looked more into that, and it's apparently his name translates more roughly to something like "He who sets things in order," or do you know what I mean? He sets all things in order, basically, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, when I researched that, kind of made me think that. I know, I know, like God, God uh, Odin is meant to be this um, somewhat mad 
frenzied war god at times. Um, but I also do believe that he does set things in order. That's his role. Um, having said that, why do you think some people are hesitant to reach out to Odin? Fear. And being scared. So I've had this conversation uh, as to some another member of our Discord called Sam. I'm sure you know Sam. Yeah. Um, and that he shared, Sam shared with me somebody, oh, what's his name? I can't remember the, the um, and he talks about the faces of the gods. What he means by this is, so me and you and the common person will see sides of Odin. You know, I see the very much the obsessed with knowledge, the obsessed with learning more and curiosity. That that's what I see from Odin. Yeah. As since I started this path and reached out to Odin, I I, I tell people since school I don't think I've read a book. So I'm 28 now, so I've nearly gone 10 years without reading a book. Yeah. I've now got bookshelves, books on various subjects of paganism, Hinduism. Um, you know, herbal medicine, like, yeah. If you would have said to me before paganism that that was what I was going to be constantly doing, I don't watch TV anymore on a nighttime. I I sit down and me and both my me and my wife read a book now. Excellent. If you would have said if you would have said that to me three four years ago, started getting into paganism, I would have called BS on it. So mm-hmm. I see that obsession of knowledge and that cure. Now let's say we've got somebody in the army who's who is a Norse pagan and he's doing an offering to Odin and as a he probably won't see that obsession with knowledge face of Odin. He will see that war god. Yeah. That you know, the the very aggressive, the very he dictates who wins battles, that fury of the yeah. gods. He will see that in Odin where, you know, not a lot of people will see that side of him. And I think you know, you only have to read through the Poetic Edda, never mind the sagas and secondary source material. Yeah. And you know Odin's not perfect. Odin's got extreme power, but guess what? He does what he wants. is at his best interests. Yeah, 100%. So, that, just to quickly interject, um, I think that's one of the most attractive things about the gods is that they're definitely not perfect. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're somewhat human. Do you know what I mean? Um, they're more relatable. Yeah. Um, they don't forgive everything and they don't forget everything um, oh. and they make mistakes. And that's really, really uh, endearing and refreshing for me personally. No, agreed. And I think that's what scares, I think scares people. They look at Odin. It's, he does what, he does what he wants if he's got a good enough reason and you know, there's a story in the Polic Edda where him and Frigg have a bet on who can be the best king at the two sons. I think it is. Um, right. So when you look at the Polic and you see traits of Odin, you know, he's not the guy that's going to be the newcomers fr- most friendliest person. He might give you that initial call. Um, but I don't think it's Odin. That's always there. Odin's a wanderer. One of, you know, that's one of his titles where I think, that's why we see archaeology-wise, um, Thor being the, the common man's main, what we would class as patron, Patreon. Yeah. 
um, you know, he was the god of the common person. And I think that's 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 it. Odin might set something in motion, but it's Thor or somebody else, Freya, Frey, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tia. They'll be the ones that follow up on Odin's Odin's plan. But I think, yeah, it's definitely fear and people being scared just due to what we know of Odin. Mm-hmm. Because he's, you know, if you if you show some form of disrespect uh, or make an oath and don't keep to it, he's not going to be like, okay, don't worry about it. Like that's not going <laughs> to happen. Like, do you know what I mean? And I think, yeah, that that's my personal opinion. Anyway. Yeah. So, so do you think Odin is order or chaos? Hmm. I'm going to try and be a politician here. I don't think you can have one without the other. So I think he's both. Yeah. Yeah. He's controlled chaos, perhaps. Yeah, so I think, <laughs> like, like just to briefly say, like, just just because on that, I would I would say, I would agree with you on that, and say he brings order, um, but there's a controlled chaos there that some people could be fearful of. Um, yeah, but it's only chaos depending on your perspective. As we talked about perspectives before, some people wouldn't see it as chaos, and then um, I would see like like Fenrir and Jormungandr and things like that, I would see them as uncontrolled chaos. Yeah. And, you know, I was when you were talking about the order and chaos and you were talking about we might see o- Odin as more of a controlled chaos and, you know, people, depending on the faces that they see of Odin. It, Loki's a great example and probably something to go into another time, but Loki seems to be a god that seems to be getting a lot of attention lately yeah. as the community grows. Um Obviously, people have their reasons and stuff, but yeah. people who do follow him. So I, I, I had an interview with Laura, who, who, it's her main god, mm-hmm. and it is chaos, but it, there, there's an order to it. There's like kind of like a dance that you do, yeah, in your communication. So it is chaos, and I think her words were like Loki might just put a curveball in there for no, for no absolute reason, but you know that it's coming. So. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I think maybe that's just our Western view that order and chaos are separate when really it's, it's like... It's a dance. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a dance. So like you've got... In Hinduism, you have the three main... Uh, three gods. You've got the, the, the creator, the maintainer, and the, and the um, destructor. Mm-hmm. But it's a cycle. It's it's one. It's not separate. It's not, one's not good, one's not evil. And I think that's maybe just our modern viewpoint on it, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking about Loki as a trickster god um, trickster mm-hmm. gods are quite prevalent across a range of religions I mean we see Anansi from West Africa Eris from Greece Coyote oh. from the Navajo uh, religion uh, the Navajo people um, so discussing Loki just briefly because um, it's not something I'm, I'm very well versed on um, have you ever worked with him personally? No. Um, we talked about there. I haven't either. We talked about briefly there about he's very popular. He's very popular now. I mean, just from conversations I've had with people. Yeah. I have my beliefs why he's popular. Um, what is your opinion on why he's popular? Because <laughs> it doesn't seem to be a cult of Loki. I mean, we. I mean, there could have been a cult of Loki, but I've talked to some people who seem quite knowledgeable on it and say that it's not something they've come across. No, and my my personal opinion, this is my personal opinion of one, why I think Loki is getting a lot more traction these days. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I, I might as well add in why I haven't worked with Loki. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, good and I'll see my bit after as well. Saying, I think trying to streamline the conversation, like the explanation. I think one, when we look historically, there's no place he's named after Loki. You know, that's not the only reason why, but. We don't see anything like you said. There wasn't like a Loki cult, or there wasn't places named after Loki. Loki is very important in the stories of Norse paganism. You can't deny that. Some of the greatest and best things have come from Loki. But sure. I think modern culture has um, made Loki more attractive. So you've got Tom, Tom Hiddleston, I think it was. Yeah. He played Loki in the Marvel. Very good looking guy portrayed him really really well uh, for entertainment purposes and i think the age that we're in we're not for, you know without going in too deep the common farmer looked to the fertility gods the god of harvest the god of fertility yeah and, you know the, the goddess of fertility you know these were big aspects of life and death situation no we don't have that urgency of life and death now you know we, we depending on who you are and what kind of conditions you have. But gener- generically, if you mm-hmm. want food, you won't grow it. You will buy it from yes. something that you, that you, that you, the job that you go to. So I think that in that respect, I, I think is probably why I don't think people want, when it was more of a life and death situation of growing food and providing for your family, I don't think people wanted that type of energy, that type of relationship with, you know, yeah. how Loki is defined and seen. Where yeah. now we're not in that predicament now. You know, we've kind of took ourselves out of the the law of nature, the, the pyramid of nature anymore. So mm-hmm. I think that's why. Why I don't do anything with Loki at the moment. Um, you know, doing offerings and trying to build that connection with the gods is you performing rituals time and time after again to build that relationship, to build that trust and all that kind of good words that we use to, you know, build a connection with the gods. But mm-hmm. more importantly, it's, you know, there's a, there's a phrase in the Havamal. Um, I'm going to butcher it, but um, a gift should be, re- a gift received should be reciprocated of a gift of yes. the same type of kind or something like that. I can't remember the word for word. Yeah, it's like the gift giving cycle, isn't it? within its religion yeah and you know it, we're not saying that we bribe <laughs> you and um, you know in return we would like this doesn't always happen as we know but you yeah. know that's the way things work at the yeah. moment in my journey of paganism i don't mm-hmm. see for me that i need at the moment right okay mm-hmm. i hear you I, i'm open to it in the future certainly and you've actually just covered all the points that I was going to say pretty much as well. Um, <laughs> I think that um, possibly that modern life, big city life, there's that um, detachment from, you know, the land. Yeah. Um, so they don't really maybe have the same calling to Thor and Frey that, yep. that, that they may have uh, a thousand years ago. Yeah. And I think Loki is quite uh <laughs> he's also it's quite difficult to see Loki, right? When you come from a Christian background. Yeah, because you, you, you can't you, help you, it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I think when you don't learn and you especially when you come from a Christian background, like I think the majority of us, yeah. Odin is the equivalent to God, which isn't true, but that you know, when you're trying to look at the stuff and try and connect the dots, Loki's the devil. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you take off from your Christian up, how you categorize the, the gods that you're learning about to what you know previously. And obviously, that's not true. You know, God yeah. isn't the, the omnipresent, all powerful, all perfect God. Loki yeah. isn't the devil. He's just. Yes. <laughs> deity within the Norse pantheon. So, yeah, I think when you come into it, I think it's very easy to see and class Loki as the devil or just yeah. purely the god of trickster and mischief when really there's a lot more to him than just that. Yeah, oh, there's certainly there's certainly a lot of tricks there. Um, like if you look at, um, oh, what's his name again? What's that? Oh, from the Greek Greek mythology, um, Prometheus. So Prometheus, like stealing fire from the gods to give it to humans. Like again, there's that kind of thing. The Loki does similar things, and that he tries to mess with people and ends up creating something really good Great. almost by accident. You know, you know, you've got Frey's boat, who can, which can be folded into his pocket. You've got Mjolnir. You've yeah. got uh, Dropnir. The the the, the bracelet that multiplies every nine times and on the ninth day multiplies nine times so mm -hmm. you've got Siv's golden hair so there's a there's a few things that loki has brought to us which without loki did you not do something like a fishing net as well did you not like invent like a fishing net or something like that or something along those lines it was something again it just that's just popped in my head briefly i need to go back and actually check and reread it but something along those lines um, they found that the gods did the gods not go looking for him to try and get vengeance on him. He turned himself into a fish and they caught him with like a net or something like that. Yeah, he turned into a salmon or something, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But again, yeah. again, that that ties in. It's interesting because his like little little um schemes kind of lead to these very important and great things. Uh, so yes. I think that that's something that did, I could dive in again in a, in a later stage. I think like once I have read more. I feel like there is a deeper, there's a deeper layer there, definitely. Um, so I'm gonna kind of go off topic slightly just now, um, from focusing on the heavy kind of um, religious aspect, and just ask about something that gets brought up often. Why do you think the idea of building a hall is so important to people? Oh, I think it. I think it's important because. It's one, one in the south of the country, which is an Odinist temple, which and normally the phrase Odinist has bad connotations, but I think mm -hmm. making a proper hall hall is important yeah. because I think it sends a beacon. So let, let's say if we create one in the UK. Mm -hmm. I'm hopefully, you know, Norse paganism will be seen as an official religion in the UK, which currently it's not hall that will obviously get a lot of publicity that would be a lot more of a community increase and i think it the beauty of paganism heathenry asatry whatever word you use to define what you're practicing i think a sure. hall makes it like a beacon and i think it's a beacon of hope to everybody who's interested it you know it creates a physical location so you know, we're doing a midsummer gathering, very close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, before you came on board, or I think you was on board at the time, helping me plan. We was running around like a chicken without a head, trying to find somewhere that could house the as much people as we wanted to come. 
yeah. but also in a location that wasn't really that bad for everyone to travel to. Sure. He's got to travel eight hours. I've got to travel <laughs> six. You've only got yeah. to travel, like, what, maybe two hours, an hour? Uh, something like two and a half, yeah. Yeah, so I think if you, you've got a central point where you can all come together, you all know where it's going to be at particular so I think it just brings a lot more structure to Norse paganism or paganism overall. And, you know, I'm granted, you know, our gods and our the, the land material are out in nature. So I'm mm-hmm. not saying that we need to have thousands of halls across the UK, but I think it's important to get because yeah. at the moment, and this might be an unpopular opinion, I feel that parts of the community are fragmented, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Obviously, I have my um, Discord, which is for... There's other Discords, which just have loads of different people from different places of all over the world, which is great. You know, we're getting that sense of community. But I think even individuals, hundreds and separate people who and groups, where I think mm. if you have a hall you'll be able to centralise it a little bit more. And yeah, not, I agree. I mean... into, not to try and turn it into like an overstructured religion, but I think it, some structure is good and is necessary in my opinion. Yes. And I think the hall is just, it makes a place of worship. It makes a place of community and it just puts yeah. that beacon out there to the rest of, I think if, if we built one properly in the UK, I think it'd be on Never yeah. mind country news. So I think you're letting the whole world know that Norse paganism's here. I think yeah. you you tell the country that Norse paganism is, is here, and everyone knows the location, and everybody can come as they please if they want to. I mean, I was driving through my community just the other day just to drop my kids off at school, and I passed like three or four churches. Um, yeah. One of them is also kind of acts as like kind of a community hub as well. In my community, there is even just taking my kids to school, which is just under a mile, there is church after church after church and like community hubs based around those churches and they do loads of things within the community and they're very active. And when I drove by it, I was like, that's something that de- we're definitely missing. And it is just a numbers thing, I think. It's because we're so spread out yep. at this point. It, it would be impossible to do, but at some stage, I think it's important to have, as you say, something like that. And I think the main thing about that the, the key factor is the community aspect. It's so important to build that community up because that's where all the good stuff comes in, you know? No, 100%. And, you know, where I live here, you know, we've I've got two churches within, like, throwing distance. Like, I could hit a golf ball with a golf club and hit yeah. it. Like it's them and I'm not saying I want that for Norse paganism. Mm-hmm. In yeah, every district, there needs to be a hall. I would like to think more. So, like, hey, we've got the Discord split into different kingdoms of old Anglo-Saxon England. Yeah, where yeah. you've got one in Scotland, uh, maybe a few in England, spread like in down what used to, you know, Wessex, Mercia, Wales, mm. and I think it just becomes a more of a hub. And you have got that community. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think. I'd love I to see it, like two two in Scotland or something. Like we had one further up north and then we had one down Scotland. in the central belt, like Glasgow, because yeah. the population of Greater Glasgow is like over a million. So have yeah. one there 
then that would be enough. That'd be something at least. And you could feel that you could go there physically because online is great and it's amazing to use those tools. We're so lucky because we yeah. get access to so many things so easily that helps us learn about this and helps us grow uh, individually and collectively. But I think that being able to go somewhere in person, there's a lot of power in that, you know. And I think, and that's why, you know, I create the Instagram and the Discord to try and bring a form of community. But then naturally when you get used to this digital communication, I think especially in lockdown, like we were planning gatherings anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Especially with lockdown and that cry for human interaction, especially of maybe people who believe the same thing as you, where normally I, I think a lot of people have a Christian household or an atheist household or, you know, not exactly a pagan household. Trying to have a gathering, you know, just to be together, I think will do wonders for people that do come together. Like, you know, in America, yeah. you know, they've done a few gatherings now. And, you know, what, what we see on social media, which isn't always true, great friendship, great kinship. You know, you see people bonding that set in, in stone in their rest of their life. And I think, you know, that's that's what it that's what it's all about. It's building bonds. Yeah, man. I think that's really important what you just touched on briefly there about your own personal saga. Yeah. I think we can often forget that we are the heroes in our own story. And it's up to us to put ourselves out there and cultivate that through, you know, trying to connect with other people. Um, trying to grow stronger in knowledge and spirit and physically as well where we can. Yeah. Um, I think community has a, like, I always talk about power being really important to be able to draw power from things. Like for me, being able to draw power from my community is really good because it can enrich your life. And the stronger that you get as a part of that community, the stronger others can get because you can, they can help and you can help them. Um, that's somewhat how I feel about the whole ancestry veneration. I had a really interesting talk with someone on the Discord last night and they said that they they don't do ancestor veneration as such. Um, and they they personally didn't believe that um, the yeah, Old that. North didn't either. But um, they said that they there's definitely evidence of them honouring the dead, etc. But yeah. he, he made a distinction between the between ancestry veneration and like honoring the dead and that ancestor veneration would be that they can actively intervene in your life and help you in something. And the other thing being is more like honoring them and um, uh, telling stories about them and keeping that, keeping that alive somewhat. I think both of those are really valid. So it's just a matter of personal choice, which one you go down. And I, at the moment, probably am more leaning towards ancestor veneration and that I feel they can uh, intervene in your life. Maybe not directly, though, but indirectly through the fact that you are a part of them and they are a part of you, if that makes sense. It's quite deep what I'm trying to say, but I'm maybe not finding the right words. No, I get what you mean. And I, I remember seeing that part of that Discord. I had company over last night, so I didn't really get involved, but I did see them those comments and i've only done one offering um or maybe two to the ancestors my ancestors um and i know when we do do the gathering because you mentioned it before i definitely want to join you in something uh, of that nature because you know over thousands and thousands of years and our ancestors have met certain actions dealt with certain consequences and, and all those you're here 
one step in a different direction or one action that they didn't do would have changed you being here for good. So I think that alone is the respect that you need to give to your ancestors over the generations of your ancestors. Um, It's interesting when I saw the the differentiation of honouring and believing that they can help in some way. Yeah. You know, there is stories of, I can't remember the king's name, He came. He came out of Valhalla mm-hmm. and went to the, went to his mound where his wife was, and in, but he only could be in the mound. And I think okay. I can't. I'll, I'll send it you after if you if you haven't read it. But I remember sure. seeing, remember reading it. Uh, what burial mound of a like husband? I think he was a jarl or a king or some some mm. authority, and. When the sun went down, he rid down from the sky, uh, from Valhall, helped his wife, spoke to his wife, and X, Y, and Z. And then before the sun rose, he had to be back to Valhalla or Valhall uh, before Odin knew. So I think I think there's a few stories like that, but I think it's interesting. Yeah. I think it is going to be a personal um, oh, yeah thing oh, yeah. but I, you know I don't know about you but you know some people believe in ghosts and stuff like that the paranormal yeah. um, and I think you know is, is that your ancestor that, that's there you know doing something and I think See, God, weird things ancestor... oh sorry, sorry? I interrupted you there no go ahead sorry I was going to say I think when we get signs from the gods and our ancestors it's through nat- nature and which can easily be explained away. And if you want to be the most cynical person ever, you can always explain something away. But, you know, I think me personally, I believe that they can help. And it's probably something mm-hmm. in my daily practice that I lack actually is honoring and offering to the ancestors for the things that they've done that we won't ever know. Yeah. I mean, see, for me, right? I, I was the most. Uh... If you were like I, two years ago, if you said to me, "Oh, there's land spirits there, and there's spirits in the water, and in your house, and the gods, and your ancestors, they can help," I would I would be like, "You're insane. You're a crazy person." That's why mm. I, I was so anti anything like that. I just I just couldn't wrap my head around that about two years ago, right? But Same. It's, it's it's crazy. Like, honestly, I was just if, if someone said something about like paranormal stuff, I'd like almost snort, and that was maybe my own problem. And I've I've grown somewhat since then. Now, I don't, with regards to the ancestor thing, it kind of came to me naturally. Mm. Even though I've not had the greatest relationship with living family members, Mm. maybe that's part of it. Maybe because, you know, I'm not, my living family, we're all somewhat fractured and we don't really talk. Um, Whereas I think the concept of that I came from this long line of people that went through great hardship and survived it uh was quite appealing to me and my journey and when i put my attention towards it and my effort into it just like i did with giving offerings to the gods and interacting with the community again i'll bring up the fact that i drew power from that Mm. and it gave me strength to move through my day if that makes sense so 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 for me I, I, i don't do a lot of 
ancestor veneration um but i'm trying to incorporate it more i'm trying to make it i'm trying not to force it because at first when i did offerings to the gods i was forcing things i was making things very it felt very stiff i think that's part of being nervous and unsure about what you're doing because mm. you know you're leading your own practice in a way there's not someone there with you like a priest or an imam uh telling you this is how we do this and this, you're just kind of doing it um so i think maybe that's that's what that was and then over time i became more relaxed in my offerings where i stopped reading from like a, i've got this book um i've told you about it before i think you might have it as well it's god's own country is that it i haven't got that one actually but i have yeah. i have heard of it so it's quite good as like for because i didn't know what to say mm. so it gave me something to say so i would just read from that all the time and not really say any more words but then, mm. I, then i felt very stiff doing that and i started to realize that it's i'll read from that to kind of get myself into that headspace and then i'll try and have i'll try and say my bit if that makes sense which is just a somewhat one-way conversation with me speaking um giving my gift and and asking for something in particular and i felt with that i feel more definitely no i know what you mean and just to touch on what you said i was for faith but i was yet again the most cynical of people so like you said i I was looking at different religions different practices and like i was the guy that well you know that person said they had a near-death experience but that could be explained by the brain trying to recognize you know what when when can we put this type of experience to something else and that's the life flashing before your eyes you can explain this by this and when I came into Norse paganism, and granted, not everything is a sign, and I get that, but like I'm a lot more optimistic of could that be X? Could that be Y? I'm a lot more open to it. Where before I was the flat out kind of jerk that would, if someone said I've just had a religious experience, I've seen this, this, and this, I'd be the idiot that'd go, but that can kind of be explained by this, this, and this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I used to be that guy. Yeah. Um, and going back to what you said about offering obviously being stiff and stuff um when i'm nervous i stutter sometimes mm-hmm. um because what i'm saying is perfect and i'm second guessing words when i'm saying them so don't do anything formal actually when i do my offerings and do my um prayers and stuff and talk to the gods i kind of do it like i'm talking to you now yeah so it's it's and it's kind of it's, it's the opposite now because i'm more relaxed in my own setting but now that yeah. i'm hosting the gathering in midsummer i have to try and make it a little bit more structured and formal yeah and i'm nervous <laughs> <laughs> starting you being nervous and yeah trying to do a gathering for what we've got 11 people now coming including me so there's 10 other people that are relying on me to make sure that we have a good time hopefully some religious experiences, a lot of pressure. So I'm trying to make it structured so that everyone gets something out of there, I think is definitely mm-hmm. going to be more interesting. I yeah, think. I, I think what you're saying though makes total sense and it's totally normal to be nervous yeah. because I think that in the home, less structure, obviously there's structure things you do in terms of like, for me, like I'll, I'll prepare my altar in a certain way and I'll get myself in the right headspace and that's structured. And then, I think being relaxed and just having my conversation and honoring them in that way is way better on 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 a individual level. 
But I think if it's a gathering with loads of people, I think structure and pre-planned written stuff, stuff where it's written down, and I think that's that's the way to go because I think people oh, yeah. need that, especially to mark the time of the year as and to honor the gods in the right way. That makes total sense, and I think it is normal to be nervous because it's the first thing you're ever you're, you're ever doing it as well. You know, this is a great it's a great learning experience. I just want to touch on one or two more things. Um, yes. For today, if that's cool, man. Um, okay, so one of the most. I'm not on any. Oh, good, 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 good to hear. Good to hear. Um, one of them was, um, what would you do? You have a defining experience within this religion, something that happened to you within this religion. Could be something small or even or something huge, whatever. It just that just is really is is either really struck stuck with you this defining experience or or yeah just, yeah. What do you think about that? that comes to mind is something that I documented on my YouTube. So, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, again, this is, I saw, I've took it as a sign. Yeah. But it, it is, you could easily say it's not a sign, but it, it really like solidified that this was the right path. And I'll explain why I think it's a sign rather than not a sign later. So I, Reserve for five, six, seven years in this area. I've mm -hmm. I know exactly which lane leads you to which outcome. Like I know it like the back of my hand. I know what's where. Yeah. Um, I was starting to look into paganism and look into, you know, is this real? Is this for me? Odd question to say. I would like to see a sign. Um, and I did some more research, quickly look over the, the, the Elder Futhark, read some stories, some poems, you know, just getting a little bit thingy. And I think a few days later, I was looking for, going through the nature reserve, and mm -hmm. I saw the rune Gebo in the trees. Okay. This one tree branched off and crossed over. And it, it's a very distinctive X, pretty much, which means gift. Mm -hmm. I looked down, I was like, I'm sure I've seen that somewhere. Where have I seen that somewhere? Um, and it couldn't, I, I was like, never mind. I, I went carrying on walking with my son around the nature reserve. And mm -hmm. it, it, I was, look, when I was looking and I was just like, didn't think of it. And then yet again, when I uh, like skimmed over the Elder Thuthark again, I saw the, the X. I was like, Ah, that's what I've seen and, and <laughs> with me. And yeah. the reason why I think it's than it just being, you know, the natural tree formation. Yes, I don't think the gods have made that tree particularly just for me in that pattern. Mm -hmm. but what I believe is the gods have made me yeah. angle to see that yeah. X. Yeah, you're talking about perspectives earlier, weren't we? Different perspectives yeah. because of your uh research and path you have now looked at it in a new way yeah and i think would that that's, be fair to say yeah and i think that's the sign the sign yeah. is for me to learn and i've recognized it they've made me look at it and just say and you know they've just made me go oh that looks really that looks really intricate that looks yeah i'm sure i've seen that somewhere in 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 the paganism books that i've been looking at yeah and then once like a couple of days after i've seen that I was like, yeah, I'm taking sign. Like, 
and you know yeah, I'm not an idiot. I, I don't think the gods made the cross in particularly for me being into wine but I think it's just that they've gave me the knowledge they've gave me the perspective and made me look at it at the right time in the right angle to then see it um, yeah, do you know it makes me think of like it makes me think the way I, I can only talk about myself but what you're saying really resonates with me and that following this path has made me really open to things that I would never have been open to before I felt very much, I don't want to sound like too much like a born again Christian here, but I feel yeah. very much like I'm receptive to, my eyes have been opened somewhat and I'm receptive to things that I would have been uh, closed off to before. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm, for example, um, I'm, I never bought flowers in my life really, maybe obviously for my, for my, my wife on a special occasion, but otherwise I wouldn't just buy flowers for the house. Whereas, this is just a small thing, but just made me think of it, is that I buy flowers weekly now and I usually put some of them on my altar space as well. Just little yeah. things, even a small thing like that, like being more open to the fact that I want nature in my house a bit more. And I, uh, I, I'm not actively looking for signs, but I'm receptive to them if they're there. It's, it's, I think one thing that paganism does along with everything else, it makes you appreciate nature a lot more and tries to, you know, it gets you more connected to nature. So I think yeah. I would be very strange. I would be very like a little bit weird out if there was a pagan who didn't have any form of nature in their house whatsoever. Like even if it's a plant, <laughs> a little plant somewhere yeah. or some art deco of nature, like if it was literally just a minimalist, Thing really, I'd be like, What's yeah. going on? Yeah, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it comes hand in hand with paganism, it's that love for nature and mm. that. Like, what did you say? You said that you're open to receive, yeah, receptive, receptive, yeah, receptive. To, yeah, yeah. That for me, it's been actually hard. It's, it's like a, it's like a, and it's like I've hard to how to explain this. It's like contemporary life being a city boy which is what i am right and and my parents never took me in camping trips or so I'm, I'm not really i was never raised that way so it feels like um i'm trying to grow back a hand or something and learn yeah. how to use it with regards to getting in touch with nature so for me that's one of the hardest things for me right now but i'm working on it i'm getting way better i feel way more comfortable um and i think it is really important and i think it's so see even aside from the religious aspect been able to go out in nature and go for a walk without headphones or anything and just actually just listen. Yeah, yeah. The beauty in it. Yeah, it's great for your mental health as, as well as yeah. a side thing. It's, it's too easy to stare at a screen all day. We've got s screens in our hands, screens on the TV, you know, and distractions of modern living. It, it can be tough. Um, I've got one or two other things I was kind of just mulling over in my head. Um, yeah. So this is this one's quite complicated, and I'm okay. not really. I, I kind of have an opinion of it, but I don't. This isn't a final opinion from me. This is just I'm on a journey with this opinion. I'm willing to change it over time. It's regarding Ragnarok. Um, okay. What's your opinions on Ragnarok in terms of like people are like, oh, Ragnarok has been. People are like, Ragnarok's happening now. Other people are like, Ragnarok's not happened yet. It's coming. What do you have an opinion of it? Do you even think about it? Is it something you? What do you what are your thoughts? Yeah, and I think my like you, um, I've changed my opinion as I've learned. Mm -hmm. Um 
And there's a reason which really solidified my current way of thinking, and I'll, I'll tell you the book. Mm-hmm. So my view, it's um, circular. So it goes in cycles. Yeah. Um, this form of ideology, you know, in other pagan um, religions as well. Um, but the book that I read was Children of Ash and Elm by Neil Price. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I know the book. I've got it on audiobook. I just haven't listened to it yet. Uh, I'll be honest with you. It's a lot of factual information in there, so make sure you're taking notes. That's one of my big things. I've started taking notes when I'm reading now, but when I read it, I didn't take notes, and now I'm missing key- – I know there was loads of good stuff in there, but I've missed it, and I need to go, go back and read. I but there's you. a part in there where it talks about um, Ragnarok, and it talks mm-hmm. about, you know – the Scandinavian countries were flourishing when the the Roman Empire was being pushed back, and you know there was war band being created that were trying to take over the the settlements that the previously inhabiting. Sure, but via I can't say that I don't know what the type of, the, the scientific word is it, but from tree dating, so the circular rings in a tree and stuff like that they found that a lot of trees were, which were previously not there, had been replanted, had been um, germinated and come back up. Uh-huh. And in also in the, 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 the data in the, in the earth, it shows that in Scandinavia, there was something called the dust fail. Okay. It was literally... Uh, I think it was described as, I can't remember the volcano, but there must have been like some kind of volcanic eruption, you know, soot and all that good stuff or bad stuff in this instance um, <laughs> was up in the sky. Rise. So huh. I think by carbon dating, tree dating and the stuff that the earth can tell us, there was this dust veil, which sliced the Scandinavian um, population down. I think, they put some figure in there, like 90% of people didn't make it. Oh. 90% wow. of people, like the high percentages of people didn't survive this dust veil. And it was a couple of years, this dust veil. So uh-huh. Ragnarok talks about us um, not being able to grow our own food. Humans, um, brothers, cousins fighting arms against each other. Um, yeah. And all those particular things that Ragnarok tells us can be filled in this void of, you know, the, there's a dust veil. Mm-hmm. We can't farm properly because the sunlight's being blocked. There's an extreme death. So families and people who were friends were having to fight for what they can. Yeah. And I think, I, I think the, 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 you know, we talk about the creation story, the destruction is circular it's part of life you know you can take any great age or sit like i've talked about the roman empire you know you've got babylon sure. you've got different periods in history which were great success but they had their demise it's you know it's their luck in some instances and i think generations after that dust file you would explain it and you would class it as maybe Ragnarok is what we know it as the story. Yeah. Yeah. So part of me is it was a localized event to try and what was happening. Cause you know, mm-hmm. 
I don't think the volcano was exactly, you know, on their front door. I think all they know is that the sun couldn't be seen properly because of this yeah. dust bowl. Mm-hmm. Impacts of that were uh, catastrophic. I think oh, yeah. It may the... be... Sorry? So, so I was going to say, sorry, um, when the sun is like a representation of the gods in general, many of the gods, and it's blocked yeah. out, that would be a cataclysmic time, you know? Yeah, and I think maybe the story of Ragnarok that we know, our ancestors or the ancestors of that time trying to happen into them. Yeah. But the, the actual story, as we would maybe call it, yeah. or, you know, the whenever the Judgment Day or Armageddon or whatever you want to call it, circular. And yeah. my perspective is just because of the the tremendous cities, ages that we've had, which have been at and then downward spiral of failing. So I think it's, uh-huh. I think it's uh, cylindrical. Do you think it's a cycle? Um, I agree with you. I think, I mean, I'm either of, I'm, I'm out of minds that it will come, come and go. Mm-hmm. So there'll be another event similar in the future and there'll be a time of prosperity and then a time of chaos and downfall, and then a time of prosperity. Um, I'm also kind of open to the idea that Ragnarok's already happened, um, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Uh, I, I kind of, it makes me think of two things to do with the whole cycle thing. I really like, um, there's an album by the guitarist from the Beatles called George Harrison. The album is called All Things Must Pass. I really mm-hmm. like the album, and I love the title because it's like All Things Must Pass. That, that, is, that is the cycle. Uh, this will pass. Uh, but it may come back again in different form, but it will pass. And also, there's this. There was this philosopher. Um, um, I think. I think. I think it's called something like Bethius's Wheel. And he talks about like how um, you'll be rising up the spokes of the wheel when you'll be on top of the world, but before long you'll be yeah. cast down again. You know. I've seen that. I think I saw that in QI actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, like I, I, fully, I fully get why people. Some people say it's happening. You know, you only have to put on the news, <laughs> and yeah. you know it's not pretty. It's not great. So I understand there's. It's one of those things, and I hate using it because I think it's such a cop out. It's one of those things that we will never fully know. I think we'll just have to have our own opinion. Yeah. I think it's circular, and I think it happens continuously on different levels. So, you know. Mm-hmm. You know the the country that we live in might go down into a downward spiral. That would be our own personal like Ragnarok event. the mm-hmm. The Earth itself could go through an absolute apocalyptic event. That would be our Ragnarok. The gods themselves, as a meta- metaphysical beings, something that would be more of the traditional Ragnarok that we see. But do you know what I mean? I think I think it's forever continuing. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree, man. I agree. I, I think we're basically on the same page with regards to that, which is interesting. And like I said, I'm open for my opinion to change in the future. Oh, yeah. It's such a yeah, complex sure. one, that that, that one. Um, yeah, because it, 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 and I think what really got me on, the, on there, just to add my last two pence in there, was mm-hmm. the circle of nature. So summer, mm-hmm. everything's beautiful. Spring and summer, everything's beautiful. Everything's teeming with life. And like yeah. you just have to look at a tree. Beautiful, flourishing but winter comes in autumn, that tree's pretty much dead. 
but then in springtime it flourishes again and it's a constant cycle and i think that's what started me on that way of thinking but like yeah i'm more than happy for my mind to be changed there's quite a lot of things especially more of a philosophy um questions and answers i i change continuously because i'm the more i learn the more i've got to add and the more that i i think and it's just one of those things you can't be dead set on i agree with you man 100 percent on that um just to kind of touch on something regarding like kind of like plans over the next 18 months or so do you do you have any goals with regards to um what what we're doing in the discord just now with regards to things like gatherings or paganism in general do you have any plans over the next 12 18 months that you want to, to kind of see it grow or what what are you thinking with regards to that yeah there's there is a few things so i would like for the discord to carry on growing and you know as Somebody in the Discord, you know certain plans in the Discord that I want to, and structures I want to try and put in place mm-hmm. to help the UK, which I think will be key. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to hold, like, if, if this gathering goes well, God's permitted and the folk permitted, and the people that are there believe that I was able to be a good host, provide mm-hmm. religious experience, and, you know, have faith in me, I'm more than happy to hold more gatherings. Um, even if like i would more than happy organize and attend more gatherings and set it up and then let's say i don't do so well and somebody else in the community steps up i'm more than happy to support them 100 percent um but obviously i would like for me to get better and do more hosting of the gatherings myself um yeah obviously there's uh, when we talk about business and stuff um there's a few things I'm going to try and, and do there, but nothing mm-hmm. set in stone at the moment. But like you, you know, you, you're having um, the offering plate that I've, I, I make, um, oh, yeah. the Vegasia, which is done. So, you know, and I, I'm just trying to for the community as I can. Um, I started that Patreon where, you know, we've got a, book club now which you're a part of so we yeah i was i was just i was just gonna say i literally as you were speaking there when i had to go to the door earlier that was because rights of anglo-saxon and norse paganism just arrived <laughs> so, so yeah like that, that good timing <laughs> yeah you know i'm not it people get very funny with when you mix religion and money and certain fairly so but i i feel like i'm not just saying here's access to the community yeah which it yeah. should be free there's no paywall should be free yeah. um so you know the the stuff that i'm trying to offer to people which is in the patreon is mm-hmm. yeah. which is cheap because you know if we yeah, haven't man. got the book we need to buy the book and you yeah. know books can be expensive depending on what they are mm-hmm. you know there's uh there's mm-hmm. one-to-one time uh so yeah there's a few things that i would like i think my biggest the thing that I've got my headlights on at the moment for is just the discord and making yeah. sure the gathering is a good success. I can do another I think, one. I think um, you're right on the money, man. I think you've got all the, all the good ideas with regards to that. I think, I think it's going to, I think if we go in with the um, energy that we've got, I think it will work out well. Um, I think that this will be a start of something as well, because I think a lot of people, 
in 2021 specifically after a long year lockdown even though they really want to get out there and do things i think a lot of people are quite introverted from it all um and i think it will yeah. take them seeing the, the the 10 11 of us who gather i think if they see that on on in a form of a video or whatever or if they see pictures or they hear about it i think more people will be open to coming in the future and i think i think it can only be a good thing you know yeah, like, you know, we, we've we got another gathering Zoom call today at mm-hmm. half eight. We, our previous one, we've all agreed that nobody minds being on YouTube because I'm going to record certain parts. I'm going to do like two videos, one for us yeah. and one for YouTube because, you know, if you want to feel what's been said and feel more of the connection, you need to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think seeing a whole ritual on YouTube is never going to make you be present and have the same feeling as being there. Yeah, um, and you know, hopefully, people like it, and you know, like you said, people get in contact and say, "I would love to be a part of that. I would love to just be in the vicinity. Not pretty much, maybe not hosting anything, but I would yeah. love to just be a part of it." Yeah, so I think that you mentioned it about sagas, personal yes. sagas, and people yeah, being heroes in their sagas. I think more and more people need to document what they're going through and what they're doing and what works for them what doesn't work for them what they believe in because we know as norse paganism there's a lot our ancestors didn't write down we haven't got a recollective of you know we're relying a lot on other people maybe not with the same belief system yeah writing it hundreds of years after Mm -hmm. so we've got the opportunity because you've got to remember we're the ancestors of the future yeah man 100 percent So we need to make sure that we give our generations to come the best fighting chance to say, you know, who was X, Y, and Z? Who, what did they do? How would you perform a heathen block? How would you do a sign bell ritual? How, how, what was practiced? Like we, we laugh about it and we say, we don't think about it, but in a hundred years time, this, what we do now would be classed as, you know, early history in a thousand years time. Like I know it's digital now what we're doing, but like it will be seen as history of and what did our ancestors do? The way that we look back a thousand years in history back and go, what did our ancestors do? But we we haven't got that information where we've got fully cap- we're fully capable of documenting things. Yeah, so man. I think it's important for people to document and share. It's why I talk about also on the podcast about um, keeping a journal. You know, you don't need to fill it yeah. in every day or anything, but get into the habit of keeping a journal. Whatever you write in there. It'll make you a. It'll make you a better writer. You'll be able to uh, put down your feelings and thoughts on things on paper in a lot more cohesive way, and it's a great thing to look back on. Like after you get to the end of a journal and you filled all out, and it's maybe it's taking you a year or six months, depending on how active you are, and you go back and you read it. It's quite amazing to see how much you've changed. Um, okay, just want to t- touch on um, something just a little bit lighter. Um, do you have any? Uh, do you listen to any pagan music? Yes, I listen to um, Wadruna, Heilung, Skald. Um, I probably, I'm, I'm very much a. So there's only certain songs of each of those bands <laughs> that I listen to. So and I just play them on repeat. So yeah, yeah. Heilung, Wadruna, cool. Skald. Yeah, you're pretty much the it's kind of the same bands I can listen to as well. Um, but. Yeah, it's, it's great. There's, there's there's quite a lot of good ones out there. It's a good part of it being in the Discord community as well because people introduce you to all this 
all this new stuff that you didn't know existed, which is great. Um, what about like, see if you were to recommend someone who's like, oh, I'm, I've heard about Odin and I just want to like, I want to learn a little bit more. I don't really know where to start. And you had to recommend three things to them. What would the three things be? to learn about Odin or to learn about to learn more about like if they're like oh like I've heard about Odin and Thor but I don't know anything about the religion and I wanted to learn something it doesn't need to be three books it could be three books but I'm just saying what three things uh, perhaps maybe three or less more whatever would you you kind of recommend to them I would more about the religion in general I would say um, Poetic Edda Mm mm-hmm so I think obviously that's important. I would then say um, the book Hammer of the Gods. Yeah. And then I would say YouTube. And then <laughs> I, I would um, obviously recommend my channel, obviously. Yeah. Um, but then I would obviously give a list of a few other people that I, I look to, I, I watch. There's some people that I don't watch anymore. Mm-hmm. But there's a few good people that I watch who I think can add value. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would I would recommend those two books and YouTube with them probably a, uh, three or four people to to listen to or watch. Yeah, man, that's that's the good thing about YouTube is uh, it's a good place to get started. Sometimes I think all the academic books can maybe be overwhelming for some people to just to dive into. There's so many where to begin. So I think YouTube's a good place to begin, definitely. Yeah, and I think uh, just for anyone that does listen, I think the people I would recommend just to get it out of the way. Obviously, Jackson Crawford has his own YouTube channel, um, which is, I think a lot of us will go to an academic um, understanding of things. So, Jackson oh, yeah. Crawford channel. Um, Arthur Thurger, he's um, an archaeologist, yeah. I think. Um, he has a lot of, his videos are long, but they're, they're oh, really yeah. good. Um, That's a good thing and a bad thing, I think. I think if you're able to donate a lot of your time, then brilliant. I think if you don't have the attention span to dive into long videos, I think it's in a weakness. So it's a, it's, it's a strong point and it's a weak point, if that makes sense. It just depends on yeah. on you as a person. Yeah. Um, and the other guy, I can't remember his name. He's he's a gothi of a of a community in East Texas. Um, uh, Eric Wordweaver-Shervin is another good YouTuber. He's a gothi in Texas. Very much a... Um, very clever man, um, but what I can tell, um, seems to be a very genuine person. Has quite a lot of knowledge on a variety of different things. Awesome. Um, when we when we talked about the faces of the gods, his face or his video of the face of the gods is really good. His naming objects video is really really good. I okay. watched that before I did the blessing of my Axheim Discorsi. So nice. Got a, quite a lot of good videos so those are the three that i would recommend jackson crawford arthur Thurger, and eric awesome man i've not heard of that last guy uh, if you can like put a link up even on the or he private message me a link to him i'll i'll check him because that, that would be great yeah yeah i'll send i'll send, I'll send you his uh link to one of his videos and you can do whatever you need to do in the descriptions and stuff but yeah he's he's really really good to be fair like and I, I probably just listen to those three really when it comes to Norse paganism because they both have a lot of academic mm-hmm. stuff behind them. But when it comes down to maybe Eric, he will talk a bit more about personal practice. Because mm-hmm. um, obviously Jackson Crawford is pure, all academic. Arthur Thurger is majoritarily 
all academic and he, different things of personal practice in there. Yeah. But, so it's good. And Eric does do academic as well, but he does a lot more of, I think one of his opening liners is just like, I'm just one guy in heathenism who's just telling you the way that he does it. It's not the be all, be all and end all. It's just one guy's opinion on how to do things. Yeah, man, absolutely. That, I think that's a good attitude to have as well. Like as I try, I, I try to, to get myself into that mindset uh, more and more um, because that is so flexible. Um, I think important, as we mentioned earlier, structure, et cetera, important. But at the end of the day, people are going to have their own practices. And I think that's great. Um, some yeah. people, for example, some people will always want to be a solitary practitioner, if you know what I mean, a solitary yeah. Norse pagan, and they won't maybe want to meet up with the wider community, which is each Fine. to their own. Yeah. But um, for me, definitely community is so important. Um, and I think I think today, man, we've had a great conversation. Um, I really have so many more things I could ask you, and I've made some notes here of things I want to ask you in the future, probably <laughs> just probably just in person over a pint once this uh, lockdown nightmare has eased and we actually get to shake hands and meet his men, that'll be good. No, 100%. Like, more than happy to do um, more podcasts in the future if you've got any particular topics. I'm more than happy for you to jump on my YouTube channel if you like. Um, yeah. Or just, you know, you've got my number, you're on the Discord, you've got my Instagram if you just want to ask my opinion. But obviously, like you, like we both said, sharing people's which is probably the best thing that we can do. So, but yeah, more than happy to answer anything in the future, buddy. More I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it because there's like a couple of things we, we kind of touched on there. Like I realized I wanted to talk about Fenrir and Tyr and I wanted to talk about um, Heimdall and all these kind of things. And I was like, oh man, we'd be here for eight hours minimum. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just endless. There's too much juicy stuff that we could get into. I really yeah. liked our discussion on... Um, on chaos order also ragnarok and stuff uh, something i'd love to talk to you about more at some point so listen thank you very much for taking the time man to sit down with me today and have no a discussion on norse paganism um zach it means a lot um do you want to let people know where they can find you online yes certainly so my instagram is the seeker of wisdom um same as my youtube always open to anybody who's new to paganism or is strictly you know got quite a lot of tenure behind them wants to just ask some questions wants to talk about anything and get you know have a good discussion with like-minded people my instagram and direct messages across anything is always open to anybody who wants to chat hell yeah man thanks again and i'll, I'll catch up with you soon buddy okay no worries speak to you later thank you take it easy man bye